Hi, my name is Roy Collin and welcome to the show. I've also got five podcasts, The Awakening Podcast, Exposing Fraud and Corruption, but with solutions, the crypto podcast on about all things blockchain, NFTs, crypto, the meditation podcast, talking about all different types of meditation, but there's also meditations there from one minute to two hours. And the other one is the Learn Polish podcast. So if you're interested in learning Polish, you can do that. And the other one is speaking with Roy Collin, and I just have guests from around the world talking about either public speaking or also about their book or just general life in general. And you find everything on bio.link forward slash podcaster. I'm also a podcasting coach. And you see the QR code there, and it's also on my link as well. And if you're interested in actually going on some podcast shows, I'm helping people doing that. Or if you're interested in sponsorship, you can contact me. And I'd like to thank my sponsor, danielpacker.com. He helps people with anxiety, stress, and addictions. He's got a 90% success rate, and you only pay if you're successful. So be sure to check him out, danielpacker.com. I hope you enjoy this week's show. Welcome to the Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com. We're also on BitChute and YouTube. You'll find the links in the podcast description. I'm also a podcasting coach because I got four other podcasts, Meditation, Learn Polish, The Crypto, and The Awakening. you find everything on bio.link forward slash podcaster. My guest today in Atlanta, Georgia, professional speaker, trainer, coach, and author, and I might say Santa Claus as well. <laughs> Please welcome David Doria. Well, thank you so much, Roy. I, I, it's a pleasure to be here today. I am, I've been excited all week to meet you and to be on your podcast. And to be honest with you, I'm looking forward to this because obviously I do my preparation, but you're doing a lot of stuff. So you might just kind of let the listeners know a bit more about David. Uh, well, thank you. I, I'm originally from Long Island, New York. After high school, I joined the Air Force and that took me around the world. And uh, through the my experiences in the Air Force, I was able to start a career in radio broadcasting when I was on Guam. I was introduced to theater while I was in the military, and I was also given an opportunity to be a trainer for the Air Force. And that started my career for 30 years in training and development, which has led me to my career, which I, I have today, is working with all types of subject matter experts to help them be better presenters, better engaging presenters, and also to be more confident on stage. Brilliant. And you mentioned theater in the military. I didn't think that would be something that would be. How, how was that working? What was that all about? Well, that's a great question. Well, it was it wasn't theater in the military. But while I was in the military on Guam, I started in radio broadcasting. And almost immediately after that, one of my one of my co-workers at the radio station, I was working part time for the radio station off base full-time I was working military <clears throat> and uh, one of the guys threw a script in my hand and said here you've got the lead in a in a dinner theater show downtown so that was my introduction to to theater which then became a part of my life for about 15 years doing community theater and I was in uh, I I left the reserve I left full-time military to go into radio broadcasting and then that was my career for 12 years Fantastic. And before we go into the broadcasting, because I think this, you you obviously can give a lot of tips. The minute I saw your picture, before I saw a Santa Claus picture, I said, that's a fantastic beard. You'd make a great Santa. And as it turns out, you are a Santa. You have yes. to tell me that story, how you got into doing that. Well, that's a great story. I was uh, living in, in Northern California. 
I was working full-time radio and many people who know that, you know, at back in the late eighties, uh, it, it, it I, I was in, I, I, I was looking for my fame and fortune in radio. I found some of the fame, but none of the fortune. I needed a part-time job. So I looked through the newspaper and I saw Santa's needed. So I went down and I, I got the job as a Santa Claus. I didn't have the beard then I had to the strap-on beard and the glue-on mustache and all of that. I had that for 27 years. Uh, for just three years, I've had this. But uh, I started doing malls and parties. And as soon as I put on that Santa suit, it just felt natural. I, I had been acting for a while, so this was another character. But it was uh, just magical to be in that suit and to portray the character of Santa Claus. And it's been a part of my life for over 30 years now. And like just from the website, because you've got different businesses and one is the Santa, the pictures that I look at, because you can scroll through, there's a lot of them. You're actually fantastic, smiling and every, it looks brilliant. Whereas I have seen, I mean, I've taken my children to Santa Clauses and sometimes it's the Santa Claus actually ruins the picture. So you have, a, you're making it look good for everybody, the smile that you yeah. actually show. Well, it's a lot of responsibility to be Santa Claus. I, I mean, I take, I take it, it's, I take it seriously. When I'm in the suit, I am Santa. I am portraying the character. I don't come out of character. It's not David in a Santa suit. It is Santa Claus. And, and I, I love it. And with the children, have you any funny stories to tell us? Uh, let's see. Well, the first story that comes to mind is a, a, a little girl a couple of years ago, I like everybody else, I asked them what they want for Christmas, and she wanted real estate for Christmas. She must have been seven or eight years old, but she wanted real estate. Brilliant. <laughs> so with the broadcasting then, because I know you're still broadcasting, because I actually heard there's a radio that's like 24-hour radio, and you have a great voice for that. But I mean, with all the, the, the broadcasting that you've done, what tips could you give people that you've kind of learned over the years? Well, that's a great question. Yeah, one of the tips, and, and I bring this into my coaching as a presenter, and I've used this as well as a presenter. Early in my career, I learned that radio is a very intimate uh, medium. It's where, so when you talk to your audience in radio, you talk to your audience as if you're talking to each person individually. So, for example, I would never say, good morning, you all. I'm glad you all are here. I would say just good morning, or I'm glad you're here. Thank you for making time to be with me today. It's such a beautiful day outside. I hope you're enjoying the day. It's the same thing I bring, I suggest to people when they're addressing an audience. You have an audience of a thousand people, but address them as if you're talking to each person individually, and that is helping with that intimacy with your audience. Love it. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> so one of the things that I saw was a, your certified virtual presenter. And there's kind of like a thing whether it's showing Zoom and all the green tick marks. You might tell us what exactly is that and would you recommend it for other speakers? Well, uh, yes. So that was uh, that was through one of the organizations I'm a part of. And all of a sudden, I can't remember the organization, but it's one of them. E-Speakers is one yes, of them. Yes, E-Speakers. E E-Speakers had a, uh, a, a an opportunity to get certified as a virtual speaker. And there were a number of uh, 
evaluation points that I was being evaluated on. And that's what those tick marks are. And uh, what I recommended for others, well, one thing I would recommend for others is to, when it comes to virtual presenting, is to get some training. And there's plenty of free training out there on Zoom, on, uh, 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 on I'm sorry, on uh, on YouTube, and also on Zoom. Zoom also offers all kinds of free training to use their platform effectively. Because presenting on virtual is, yes, it is different. You can't feel your audience and you have to incorporate a lot more engagement into it. So yes, what I would recommend Maybe not being certified. Yes, get certified if you want to pay the, it's not that expensive, but definitely get the training and understand how to use it, how the, the mechanics of using it, because not, not using Zoom correctly can be an extreme distraction. Oh, how do I turn this on? How do, how do I shut that mic off? How do you get the thing? Where do I look? Hello? You know, all of those things become a distraction to your audience and you lose your audience. And with the training that you've done on virtual presentations, because I think a lot of us were thrown in the deep end in the last kind of three years with the craziness, now this kind of hybrid. And I think it's allowed some people that don't like the traveling to actually do speeches, but what kind of tips on the virtual world would you give us? The number one tip that I give in the virtual world is to look directly into the camera. It's very, if we were in a live situation here, if I was talking to uh, an audience, I would be looking, I would be scanning the audience and looking at them. But what I find very distracting is when the presenter is not looking in the camera, maybe they're looking down, they're looking at their notes and they're talking, they're giving their presentation, looking down here, or they're looking at the an, another screen over here. You can see that, yeah, I'm looking at the faces that are part of the Zoom, but I'm not looking at you. I'm not looking in your eyes. So what I recommend is that at minimum, during your introduction, during your conclusion, during transitions, asking questions, uh, uh, answering questions, telling a story, as much as you can look directly into that camera, because now you're looking right into the eyes of each participant and creating that engagement. Yes, there are times you have to look away, you need to look at your notes, you need to look at your keyboard or another screen. Yes, that's going to happen. But as much as possible, look right into that camera. So I know that you're a avid Toastmaster. I mean, that's how I started my journey with Toastmaster. So you might kind of tell me your your Toastmaster uh, journey. Yeah, I've been uh, involved in Toastmasters on and off for about 30 years. I originally started when I first started my career in training back in 1995. I don't know how I found them. I don't even know if I knew about them before 1995, but uh, I needed a way to help me to be more comfortable at speaking or to practice speaking, presenting. I had my theater background prior to starting my training career in 95. I had my radio career prior to starting my training career, but both of those are good. They're good foundational skills, but they they're not everything you need to be a good presenter or, or a good a, a good facilitator. 
So, uh, so I've been involved on and off for 30 years. I am current member now. Matter of fact, I've got a meeting today at noon Eastern time, and I look forward to it. And it gives me an opportunity to continue to practice in a safe environment, my craft of speaking. And are you doing online meetings or are you actually meeting in person and the one you're involved in though? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Our group, we meet online except for the third thursday of the month we meet face to face at a local library okay yeah no because uh yeah i missed the face-to-face -face meetings when we weren't allowed to do it because you know, there's a big difference and yes it, yeah it is and and uh toastmasters ran into some a lot of problems with a lot of people left toastmasters because of going online but many of the groups are getting back to it but i have to tell you you know i've gotten really lazy you know, to think that in the past, before COVID, you you know, have to get dressed and take the shower and get all prepared and you get in the car, drive to the meeting, schmooze with people before the meeting, have your meeting, schmooze afterwards, drive home. You're looking at three hours. But now I can go meeting, 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 meeting. It's uh, I've gotten lazy. So I know I've seen on your YouTube channel, I, I forget there was a comedy that you did and at a punchline but that was in 2002 i'm not sure do you did do my but you were very good at it so i just like have you done a lot of comedy uh yeah that was uh that was the graduation class from a stand-up comedy class that i had taken there's a gentleman here in atlanta by the name of jeff justice who does a phenomenal job training stand-up comedy and you go through the every week for about seven weeks you go through the classes and then it culminates with an with five to seven minute on uh on stage uh stand-up comedy routine that you've practiced so and it 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 really gave me an appreciation for folks that do this full time i have no desire to do it full time but i was i, I challenged myself to 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 uh to kind of step outside of my comfort zone and to challenge myself as a speaker. Uh, not only have I done stand-up comedy, but also improv classes as well to, to, to challenge myself. But it was a lot of fun. I gave, it gave me an appreciation for comedians and how much work goes into the writing of comedy. It's, it's, it's quite incredible. And like kind of jumping back to the Toastmasters, what I've noticed even when the international speech competition, not just the humor speech, they tend to have comedy in them. And if you're doing table topics, your chances of winning each time when you put humor into it, it gives you a massive advantage and not everyone can pull off the humor. Yes. And yes, that definitely is a challenge. And you brought up a really good point in the in uh, table topics, which is the impromptu speaking. Well, you know, in any speech that you give, you want to get some sort of engagement with your audience. You can see my tagline is talking and telling ain't training or selling. So just getting up and just talking and the audience in, and the audience is not being brought into the, to the presentation they're not getting emotionally connected to the presentation these are things that those judges are looking for is were you able to get your audience to react in some way with that with the international speech contest or any speech the uh, were you able to get them to laugh or ooh, or to to feel something or to to see something in their mind those are things that those judges are looking for 
just when you went the who there, I was thinking I, I have to hear your ho ho ho. So I know you concentrate on engagement principles as well for you know. So you might just touch on that because obviously you're you're covering that in, in your yeah. work. Yeah. So so you're you're talking about the the eight principles of engagement. Uh, this is the at the foundation of my of my coaching. And the eight principles of, of, of engagement, it, it's all about creating engagement with the adult. Uh, I'm going to say the adult learner, the adult participant, or the adults in the room, it, whether you are uh, giving a keynote speech or training, mentoring, running a meeting, or doing a podcast like this, you, you, you need to understand the foundational skills of how to engage people how how will it how adults learn how do they retain information that's at the foundation of those eight principles so let's we can talk about one of them and that is the the principle of ownership and this is where your audience needs to take ownership in wanting to learn more or wanting to listen that the speaker has done a well enough job giving the introduction or setting the stage where the audience is saying, yes, I see the value. Yes. I understand that when we get to the end of this podcast, Roy is going to be able to teach me X, or I'm going to learn more about this thing over here. So here, the responsibility is on the, is on the facilitator to set the stage where the audience understands the with them what's in it for me and they understand the value of of what 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 we're going to get out of this they take ownership brilliant like one of your businesses then you do kind of like the voiceovers which i presume you do you do audiobooks as well for people no uh i will do an audiobook if somebody would ask me but 100 percent of what i do is for training online training materials uh for computer-based training and uh yeah those self-paced courses i do the voice for that because there was one um it was on youtube it was about seven or eight minutes about the tone um i, I i'm not sure where it is there now but uh it's basically you you were talking as they were showing the old the the, the horse chairs oh yes yeah and that was very but, well done but i mean have you like advice to people that might be getting into something like that what to be watching out for so my advice for folks that are want to get into the voiceover business uh my advice is that well what i recommend is is looking at a couple of websites well first is looking at youtube and see how do you get into the business of voiceover i think anybody can be successful at anything but with voiceover it's all about uh you you've You've number one, you have to have the equipment. You don't have it has doesn't have to be very expensive equipment. But I think what's what's most important, let's talk about the technique of voiceover, is to have that theater of the mind. And I think that that is one of the things that I have brought with me from radio, because when you're in a in, in a room by yourself with a microphone and you know you have listeners, there's a little bit of that theater of the mind as I'm talking to my audience. I can't see them, but I'm talking to them as if I can see them. I put them in my mind. And so that's sort of the same thing that you have to do in voiceover is you need to be able to, to when you're speaking as if you're talking to somebody. And one of the techniques that 
I learned in radio, some people would put a picture of their of their loved one in front of them and they would talk to that picture. So the the the, the point I'm trying to make here is that you're not just got a microphone and you're reading a script and you're just talking words you are you are reading those words as if you're talking to to a person and taking them through that process if you're reading an audio book i'm reading that book as if i'm reading it to somebody brilliant and with the equipment then say the microphone because obviously you know I, that's why i wear the earphones because i'll pick up on everything i i use a audio technics microphone that's just there with the acoustics around it i've got surrounding acoustics but i found that this actually works better but you've got a very good sound system there what mic are you using and what have you learned over the years that you said oh, i shouldn't have done that is there any kind of things that you've kind of mm. on your journey yeah well uh well this microphone i originally purchased this one because at one point in my career, I was doing a lot of traveling and I needed a, a microphone that I could easily hook up to my computer. So this is a USB connect. It's a Samson microphone, S-A-M as in Mike, Samson microphone. And it sounds great. It's uh, probably about a hundred bucks and it's a USB connect. So you don't have to go through any XLR or any other adapters to get it to connect to your to your computer so one of the tips uh, this comes from radio is to what they call talk across the mic and you'll see that you may well maybe it's difficult to see on the screen but i'm talking across the microphone i'm not talking directly into the microphone and one of the reasons why because it if you talk directly into the microphone you have a you have the possibility of pops and peas and so on but by talking across it where I have the microphone to the side of my face, then it's I, I, I avoid those pops and peas and and so on. And like I I was using I don't know what you call these things. It's like uh, the the nose. <laughs> the, yes, the, because you have the pop filter thing, but I don't have that where I'm doing the the p -p -p but uh, yeah. like this. I think it, it actually pr protects the mic from dust and stuff like that. So that's what, sure. after I do an interview, I put that on and, yeah. but I see that you, you've got the one there, but that's, that's good advice talking, uh, you know, across instead of straight into it. Well, in, in radio, we had a name for this thing. We called it a Nerf condom. <laughs> uh, so very good. And like you mentioned, mine is USB connect as well. And anytime I'm, there's a few times now I do a, a few interviews with uh, guys. We were doing a weekly one. And once something goes wrong with the mixer, they take a lot of time to sort it out. And you're just eliminating one problem. And I believe yeah. straight connection is the, the best route. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I had, I was getting static. I had the XLR set up and I had that mini box that it was, the, the microphone was connected to the mini box and then the mini box had the USB. And I think that was giving, I was getting static or I was getting interference with that box. Yeah. Yeah. So you've uh, written a, a book, uh, how adults learn. You might let me know what exactly you're covering in that. Well, th that is the, uh, the eight principles of engagement are in there. And that's, that comes from the adult learning theory, which is something that I brought from, where I was training trainers to train, I wrote uh, I wrote a manual while I was in corporate training trainers. And part of that was the adult learning theory, which is identical 
to the principles of engagement. The adult learning theory is all about how do adults learn? How do they retain information? How can you make the information you're presenting stickier so it sticks in their head? And that's all, of, and that's the same information that's in my book. And like with training the trainers, because sometimes, you know, they might be ego driven. They don't believe they need to be trained, but I think everybody needs training. You, you know, you, unless you're mm -hmm. learning, you know, you're not, you're dying. So you have to, so how do you kind of overcome that obstacle with people that think they don't need the training? Ah, uh, yes, yes. So I think that here you have to show, use one of the principles of engagement. And that's what we talked about earlier that principle of ownership of there, there's no way that I can, I can persuade them to that. You need training. They have to discover it on their own. So what I have to do is ask questions in a way that they discover on their own. Yeah. Maybe I do need to learn some new things. Maybe there are some things that I can, uh, that I can do better at. And some of the questions could be, you know, what 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 types of reactions have you gotten from your audience? Uh, where do you see that your has your audience needed you to clarify things? So so I, I would find my I would find those questions that that individual is going to say, yep, I, I maybe I do need to be a little more open. But there are those that no matter what you do, nope, I don't need no training. Nope, 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 not me. Exactly, and there so, and and that's not my client anyway. You do volunteering, and I see you're a volunteer mentor uh, for Higher Heroes. You might just let me know a bit about that. Yes, that's a great organization here in the states with uh, U.S. veterans that are in many different areas of their life. Many of them that I've mentored are in the process of transitioning from from the military, active duty military into civilian life. Some have been in civilian life for a while and maybe are struggling to find a job. And uh, my job with the mentoring is to, uh, you, when you sign up, you sign up for certain areas that you feel you're, you have expertise in. And so I feel I have expertise in helping people with interviewing skills, training and development because i've been a part of that for 30 years and just helping people to discover many of them are, when they're transitioning to they say i don't know what i want to do because i've been working with bombs for thir for for 20 years in the military how does that transition into a civilian job when i've been working with bombs and ordnance and all this other stuff so I, I what i love to do with with the mentoring is to talk to these vets dig into inside of them and find what is their passion? What, what is it that they love to do and then help them to get a, get an idea of what direction that they'd like to go in. And another thing that they ask about is LinkedIn, because when you're in the military, you don't have to, you don't have to write a resume while you're in, you don't have to use LinkedIn. You don't have to network or anything. So all of these things are brand new to them. So Higher Heroes is a great organization, and I'm just one small part of being a mentor for for these vets. Brilliant. And like I suppose with being in the military, because I a lot of the time you're not based in one area, you're constantly moving. And I suppose with some of the speakers that are doing 
not only the 50 states, but sometimes they're doing international as well. And you're kind of, your base is gone, your home where you've grounded and everything. The fact that you've kind of done the military for so many years, like, have you any advice for people to how to kind of stay grounded when you're constantly uh, moving? That's a great question, because that's certainly something that I experienced early on in my military career, uh, coming from New York and going through my basic training. And But basic training is six weeks. My schooling was six weeks. So it was uh, you, 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 you don't, you're, you're like, you feel like you're constantly in transition there. But then I went to my first base, which was in Guam and I established some really strong relationships with guys. And then all of a sudden they started leaving because you, you, like you said, at a certain point you leave and then you, you lose it. it it's like, it's like a loss. And it was very hard for me to, to adapt to that. And I, I've, I've, found throughout my life I, I i have a difficult time creating friendships anyway and um my advice for folks is that in when you're in the military like that there's going to be this constant transition and just be ready for that and establish those friendships but under and now with with zoom you can continue those friendships back when I was in the military is back in the late seventies, early eighties, you know, this wasn't, wasn't even thought of back then. So uh, I guess just continue to try to stay in touch. I don't know if I answered that question, no, or not, yeah, no, but no, I gave no, a no, shot no. at it. No, that's very good. <laughs> and, and just on, because you mentioned like you find it hard finding friends. What I found is with Toastmasters, it's a great way of actually meeting new friends. And I mean, even though the club that I founded one club and even though it, it, it closed after the, the lockdown, like we're all still friends from it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the best thing that came out of the Toastmasters. So I think it's a great way for people that have a fair yeah. to join yeah. a club. Well, you know, you brought up a really great point because uh, when I was I, I, I was active duty, but it was when I was in the reserves that I was in Toastmasters. And then after 9-11, I was doing some traveling. I was in uh, Germany, Saudi Arabia, uh, Turkey, and each of those places, there was a Toastmasters on the base. So I got involved in Toastmasters. So there's Toastmasters all over the world. You look at, you go to Toastmasters.org, you're going to find them in every part of the world you can think of. You brought up a really good point. So if you are traveling... Find your local Toastmasters club and get involved. And like, finally, I like I, I love talking about kind of the different social media that serves you. And what, what I actually, I, I think you, you're doing it right because sometimes people put everything on one website, but you've got all separate websites. But of course, linking them, letting them know that the different things exist. So like just what you feel serves for you on social media and also on the website. Do you think that was the, a good call that you did by having the separate uh, businesses that you've got? Yeah. So what you're talking about is down on my, uh, my presentation skills website, present your way to success.com down at the bottom. I have my other three websites, my other three businesses, my Santa Claus, my voiceover site, and also my radio station, which is cliradio.com. Matter of fact, I have a, a number of uh, uh, listeners that tune in in Ireland. I know you're not in Ireland now, but I do have a number of listeners in Ireland because I can see what countries people are tuning in from. And uh, I, I, 
I'm not a master at, at, at the website, but I did read that it's good to have these, well, I, I guess they call backlinks to, to other sites and that helps, but I want people to uh, know all the things that I'm involved in. I think the big, the biggest uh, area that I get traction is on LinkedIn through my presentation skills. Cause every day I post a tip or a trick on, on how to present or how to use PowerPoint or how to network, but it's all about using presentation skills. But I, I appreciate that you, that you looked at my stuff well enough that you saw that I had all those other links down on my website. And just because with the, with the radio, actually that you've got your own kind of the radio station, is that something hard to do? Cause some people aspire to actually set up something like that, that it's international or like, do you, is it something that you created yourself in your own server and stuff like that? Or do you, is there an organization that does it all for you? Well, there is an organization that, uh, that I, I run the radio station through everything is, is online through, uh, through an organization called live 365. Anybody can have a radio station. There is the thing that I like about live 365 is through your subscription, they pay the royalties all the music is up to you to upload that you have to purchase or you have to gather what whatever way that that you know whatever resources that you have so the 8000 plus songs that i have up on there either came from my existing library or from music that i have purchased through a variety of of sources and uh it i'm be, it's broadcasting worldwide it's up to me to create the format and it's all automated. You can go live. Many people do live radio. I just don't have the time to do live radio. But every song has been categorized based on tempo in and tempo out. And it runs through a, a format that I've created. So it 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 is a bit labor intensive, but it's a great hobby. I love it. And just curious, is it like... Is it a lead generation as in your your sponsor on the thing ads and stuff? Does it just, you know, because I mean, obviously it's a lot of time doing that, but does it pay, you know, give you some clients from what you're doing? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, just recently, within the past month, I did create an ad on there. There there are no commercials. Uh, I, I can opt to have commercials, but uh, I pay a higher fee, a higher subscription to have no commercials. But I started running where presentyourwaytosuccess.com is sponsoring the uh, blues, uh, the, the Saturday blues show. So I'm, I'm playing blues music from noon to four Eastern Standard Time. And I run ads every couple of hours. I'll run an ad saying that presentyourwaytosuccess.com is, is sponsoring it. I'll talk a little bit about it. It hasn't generated anything yet, but, you know, I've got this platform. It doesn't cost me anything to put that short ad on there. So I gave it a shot. So, yeah. In, in December, Santa Claus can sponsor the show, yeah? Uh, you know, that's not a bad idea. I can do it in my Santa voice. <laughs> Santa Claus. Well, you know, during the, the holidays, I do I do sprinkle in Christmas music. So, uh, and I, I love Christmas music. I used to listen to it all year round. If it wasn't for this radio station, I would be listening to Christmas music during, during most of the year. Brilliant. Listen, David, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. You might let people know how they can get in contact with you. 
Yes. Well, thank you, Roy. Uh, there's two great ways to get in touch with me. Uh, one is through LinkedIn. Look for my my name, David Dorier. And if you find another David Dorier, let me know because it's such a unique last name that I doubt if there's any others. You probably find my sister and also my brother on there. Uh, so through LinkedIn and to uh, to reach out and connect with me or through my website, present your way to success.com and all over my website you'll see a button if you'd like to set up a complimentary 30-minute coaching session with me i'd be more than happy to talk to you and especially let me know that you you heard this with roy on his podcast and i'll send you a free copy of my book on the uh the, on how to engage your audience brilliant thank you very much david i'll make sure i'll put the link spot on the audio and the video Thank you, Roy. So that's all for the Speaking Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com. As mentioned, Brian Bitchute on YouTube. And you find everything about me and my four other podcasts and the coaching bio.link forward slash podcaster. Sure to give us a thumbs up, five-star rating, share with your friends. And when you get Dave's book, give him a five-star rating as well. It all helps. Until next week, take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Sure to give us a thumbs up, five-star rating, and share with your friends. And you'll find all my shows with the QR code or bio.link forward slash podcaster, as well as my podcast coaching. And I'd like to thank my sponsor, danielpacker.com, helping people with anxiety, stress, and addictions. He's got a 90% success rate, and you only pay if you're successful. Also, if you'd like to go on a podcasting tour, I can help you do that. And if you're interested in sponsorship, you can contact me on my bio.link forward slash podcaster. Until next week, take care.